This portion of KUCI programming is sponsored by the Southern California University of Health Sciences, which incorporates the Los Angeles College of Chiropractic, the College of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, the School of Massage Therapy, and the Ayurvedic Medicine Program. Southern California University of Health Sciences is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges, the Accreditation Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, and the Council on Chiropractic Education. More information is available at www.scuhs.edu or at 877-434-7757. That's Southern California University of Health Sciences, helping to keep KUCI on the air. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. And this is KUCI 88.9 FM and streaming live on the internet at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and coming up in just a few moments, a Middle Earth perspective on life with What Would Arwen Do? So, Sui Laid and Magavan into all my elf friends. And please stay with us, KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. the resident KUCI, Middle Earth Elf, and that is the music of Howard Shore from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. In case you are just tuning in and wondering what this show is all about, well, this is the show where I ask, we ask, if a Middle Earth Elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. But I like to ask, what would an elf do? What would Arwen do? And in case you're wondering who Arwen is, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves, and Lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, 
perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all of the women of this fair celestial home called Earth or an elvish Arda. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and service to others. In Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So I believe this, quote, elven quality exists today in every person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. And so, <clears throat> with my Hobbit co-host, which now we are going in five years of the show, and Milo Lonestown. Milo, hello. <laughs> it's it's always wonderful to be here. It's a very warm day in the Shire. It is. Not quite as warm as the mines of Moria with the Balrog, but uh, <laughs> but getting to be warmer by the moment. But it's so lovely when the sun is shining like this, although I will say we elves prefer the twilight. We are the people of the stars. We awoke in twilight, and um, the stars were the first things our eyes beheld. So we much love the twilight and the soft light of the moon. Uh, However, the sun is wonderful for growing things and for flowers that bloom. And And that's why we hobbits like the sun, the bright, warm sun, are good for our crops, everything from the flowers to the squash to the taters. Wonderful, wonderful sun. Yes, and the sun was created to vanquish the darkness, so... The sun is a good thing, although I just always, I just will say that we elves do prefer <clears throat> that moon baths and starlight. <laughs> well, the moon also vanquishes the darkness. It does indeed. And today I am so excited. We have an in-studio guest, and we'll be getting to that in just a few moments, an a absolutely delightful creature that I met just, I I feel like I've known her forever, but I guess we just met uh, about a week or so ago, and she creates beautiful wearable art, and she is also a dancer, which resonates with my Elvish heart. I've been to one of her her, uh, ecstatic dance workshops, and just, so we're going to be talking about that in a little while with our friend Katie. And wow, this sounds wonderful. Hobbits love to dance. Yes, they do. Hobbits love to dance. Jewelry and wearable art, perhaps not that much. I mean, there was a reason why Bilbo gave his mithril coat to the Michael Delving Museum. It's like <laughs> he didn't have a lot of interest in it. Um, but dancing, yes, we're all about uh, dancing. All about the dancing, all about the food and the um, mirth. And uh, dancing on the tables, and so dance, dancing is a good thing. Um, so we'll be talking a little bit more about that. However, uh, 
I think it would be nice if we had an, an movie report on what is going on because because tomorrow it seems is a significant day for the movie and could you just um, give us a little bit of background for those that are just tuning in you know, what's this thing about the movie just the, the little general background about that the Hobbit movies are now in production and just kind of a little timeline of what's going on yes two years ago Peter Jackson announced that he was going to be producing The Hobbit the book that is effectively the prequel to The Lord of the Rings, and producing it as two films, part one and part two, which worked fairly well with The Lord of the Rings in three parts, The Hobbit being a shorter book, perhaps justifying only two parts. And then was announced the great director Guillermo del Toro would be the director. Yes. And del Toro worked on the films for nine months. We were all excited because he's the Academy Award-winning writer of Pan's Labyrinth, as well as the director, is just a brilliant, brilliant artist, perfect for this, and he's done some tremendous sketches. Of course, we know recently he gave up, and the reason he gave up is because of the financial side. Mm. Right? Sometimes things all come down. Those dwarves, <laughs> those dwarves in the mines of Hollywood, they love their gold, and they love their, <laughs> their money, and they love counting their money. And so the MGM Studios, which is half-owner of The Hobbit, is in dire financial straits and have been for more than a year. Mm -hmm. Well, tomorrow is a big, big day. Tomorrow is July the 14th, 2010, and tomorrow is when the fifth extension of The Debtors Mm -hmm. expires Mm -hmm. at midnight tomorrow. And so if there is not a deal reached or another extension given, then The Hobbit movies will remain in limbo. If MGM goes bankrupt on the 15th, however, then their assets can be sold, including the rights to The Hobbit, and production can go apace. Meanwhile, people like Sir Ian McKellen are marking time. Sir Ian McKellen's appearing in The Seagull in a set of performances throughout New Zealand, where The Hobbit will be filmed, as well as Australia. Get that Gandalf. He's always just gadding about. Just gadding about. And <laughs> so we're very hopeful that something will be worked out and announced tomorrow night, and, and The Hobbit will be watching for that. Now, being an elf and not so much concerned about matters of, of money, uh, especially as an elf princess, <laughs> um, I, my immediate reaction was, oh, my gosh, they must have another extension because that would be terrible. But actually, you mentioned that this... Would, for the would sake be a, of the movie, it could actually move things along. Yes, for the sake of the movies, it's much better if they just either make a deal with Lionsgate or Time Warner or go into bankruptcy, mm-hmm. because one of those three things happens, and then we can establish a date to start production for the Hobbit movies. Yay! If another extension of debt is allowed, a sixth extension, <laughs> then we will be another three months in suspense, not knowing what's going to happen. Mm. Another three months where the acting crew cannot be signed to contracts. Another three months where a director really probably isn't going to agree to do it. Right. But enough about that. Yes. You mentioned mirth earlier, and I have yeah. some mirthful news. Oh, wonderful. Now, we're familiar. as we've, we've played on the show before the wonderful satire the songs of satire of the Prancing Pony Players, and those are delightful. And, of course, we know of such book satires as Board of the Rings, <laughs> uh, right. which is a wonderful, brief little volume that pokes fun at those of us that love Lord of the Rings. 
But there is a new thing recently released on riff tracks. These are the people that brought you that old television, cable television phenomenon known as Mystery Science Theater 3000, where they would project on the television these old movies that were sort of grade B or grade Z movies, and they would voice over comments on the action, and it was quite hilarious. Well, those same people have released three soundtracks, new soundtracks, for the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, Return mm. of the King. There are three separate, what they call, riff tracks. Mm. And what happens is you download their track, an MP3, mm-hmm. and you turn down the audio on your television set, and you turn up the audio on these MP3s, mm-hmm. and they give you instructions on how to synchronize the start of the two. Right. And they're keyed to the original versions of the movies on DVD, not the extended versions. And you get this very, very humorous, very humorous uh, soundtrack. So hopefully in weeks to come, we will give you little snippets of that. Yes. But in the meantime, our listeners... Maybe we could contact one of those guys and have them on the show. An even better idea. Let me look into that. (laughs) In the meantime, if people would like to, they can go to www.rifftracks.com. That's R-I-F-F-T-R-A-X.com and download those. Lord of the Rings Return of the King was the top, was the second top selling track that they have sold in the last, uh, in the last week. Other tracks they have are such things as Twilight New Moon, Independence Day, <laughs> The Star Wars films, Titanic. So they they record an alternate soundtrack with their hilarious sort of satiric comments. Right. And it's very, very enjoyable. You can hear free samples of it and uh, look for more information at rifftracks, R-I-F-F-T-R-A-X dot com. Meanwhile, we should say hello to all our listeners, not only live here in Irvine at 88.9 FM, here on KUCI Irvine, the voice of the University of California at Irvine. But we have listeners live at KUCI.org. And there's two ways that you can get a podcast. There is KUCITalk.org. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to iTunes and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and you can download our podcast that way. And either way, it's free of charge and wonderful to listen to Elf Princess. Well, thank you. Thank you for the updates. I'm so glad that you are so diligent in (laughs) staying up on these things because I'm always walking around uh, conversing and um, communing with the birds and the creatures, and I I am remiss sometimes in getting on the Internet and gathering information. So... But I'm very excited, and we want to. We want to. You know, I want to see the movies. I'm. I'm ready for the next. For the next movies, and and to see what uh, what way uh, Middle Earth will unfold, in in the next set. Yes, especially to see Smaug the Dragon, oh, yeah. which Guillermo del Toro already did a lot of work on designing him. And his hoard of jewels, which is a great transition into our next segment of the show, where we will be talking about jewels and the gifts of the earth. So in just a few moments, we will be right back. I hope you will stay with us. But to kind of set the tone for some ecstatic dance, I thought I would play um, the Hobbit song from Bilbo's birthday party, where Sam... Uh, sees Rosie out there dancing, and Frodo yes. says, go on, Sam, and Sam's like, yes. no, and Frodo pushes him out there, yes. and they just dance all about the floor, and to me, 
I think that looks like pretty pretty ecstatic dancing going on out there in that Hobbit party. Very, very I, that delightful. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And one of the best pieces of music that Howard Shore, the Academy Award-winning yeah. composer, composed for the film. So this is from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recording. So this piece did not make it onto the original soundtrack, but it is here in the complete recordings, and we will share it with our listeners now. Listeners now. Great. This is KCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. And that dancey music was from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Complete Recordings, Academy Award-winning music by Howard Shore. And that was Flaming Red Hair from The Hobbit Birthday Party. So, as I mentioned earlier, oops, Milo, we have a special guest in-house today. In studio. Yes. In studio, Katie Turner. Oh, my gosh. And Katie is an elf princess, if I do say so. <laughs> and I just got to meet her about a week ago. She is fresh over here from Elvenhome, which um, also known as Hawaii. <laughs> the far western the shores far western of the shores, United States. Yes, a place of great beauty. And... She makes wearable art, of which if I wish our listeners could see oh this my piece. Gosh. As soon as I saw this piece, I fell in love with it. It is an aventurine, which is a very jade-like green heart, but it's it's a green that's very more beautiful. the color of the forest leaf, I think. If I may it. describe it for our listeners, yes. it's a beautiful green star, mm-hmm. and there is inscribed in the green star of aventurine a wire, a silver-looking wire star inscribed. And on the reverse, more star. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful shade of green in in, a, in one of the many shades of jade, but not jade. Right. It's a venturine, which is for the heart chakra, the heart energy center of the body. And... Um, just just a beautiful, beautiful stone. And as soon as I saw it, my light, eyes lit up with starlight. <laughs> said, well, you oh, know, it must be an elder stone. One of the things that's very precious in the world of J.R.R. Tolkien is the jewels and the gemstones yes. and the other precious elements of the earth. Right. And I believe you have the Silmarillion, which is much about that well, kind of thing. Actually, the Silmarillion, the com- the word comes from the Silmarils, which were the three jewels that Fionor of the Noldor um, crafted from the light of the two trees, and when they were destroyed by uh, Morgoth and Ungoliant, and actually all of the stories of Middle Earth come from those stories. Even the making of the the all of the Elven rings and the One Ring. But this predates all of that, and I love, there's, there's one part especially that I love, because the elves loved the gifts of the earth, the jewels, and, but they didn't hoard them, they, they shared them freely with each other and with others, and one of my favorite passages is in the Silmarillion, um, in the uh, chapter, 
uh, which is of Eldemar, which is of Elvenhelm, and the Noldor were especially crafted in taking jewels from the earth and crafting them into into things. And but they shared them with the Tellery, which the Tellery were the singers. They were the ones that that sang and danced on the shores. And um, but uh, it, and so here it talks about the Tellery. It says there they del- they dwelt on the shores of Eldemar, and if they wished, they could see the light of the trees and could tread the golden streets of Valmar and the crystal stairs of Tyrion upon Tuna, the green hill. But most of all, they sailed in their swift ships on the waters of the Bay of Elvenholm, or walked in the waves upon the shore with their hair gleaming in the light beyond the hill. Many jewels the Noldor gave them, opals and diamonds and pale crystals, which they strewed upon the shores and scattered in the pools. Marvelous were the beaches of Alinde in those days, and many pearls they won for themselves from the sea, and their halls were of pearl, and of pearl were the mansions of Olway at Aqualande, the haven of the swans, lit with many lamps. But one of my favorite, favorite passages in the whole book is where it says that the Tellery strewed the jewels upon the shore and in the pools of water there, rather than hiding them away in their treasure chests or sitting on them like Smog the Dragon, right. <laughs> the dragon liked to do. Right, the nature of sharing, sharing of the beautiful, precious nature of the earth with everyone. Yes, and Katie, our guest, one of the things that I was so drawn to about her beautiful uh, wearable art jewelry is the fact that she does not pierce the stones, but wraps them in beauty. And Katie, I want to say welcome to the show today. Thank you. It's so lovely to... Yes, you're here. You okay. um, probably need to get a little bit closer to the... There we are. So okay. here you are f- from Hawaii. Yes, <laughs> I am. So I just I just met you recently. Mm-hmm. Um, we are new friends, and I am so excited I w- to share with people bec- that you are here, for one thing, a phenomenal woman that you are here, <laughs> back uh, on the mainland, and uh, spreading your wonderful energy and your gifts. You are a multi-gifted woman, not only with your beautiful jewelry, but also with this wonderful thing called ecstatic dance, and you have many passions uh, for the environment, for community, for bringing us together. Coaching and education. And for caring for our children. But can we talk a little bit about your wearable art? Um, Certainly. Tell us tell us how, how it came about, because one of the things I... It, and a lot of it has to do with the wrapping, right? Um, well, it starts out when I was a child, and I read um, a book about... Um, about stones, about an apprentice of stones. Mm. Um, when his master would hold them out, he would give him 10 seconds, the boy, 10 seconds to name the 10 stones in his hand, uh, or to look at them, and then he would close his fist and say, all right, what did you see? And he would have to name what he saw, mm. like malachite, tourmaline, um, all the different stones that he had seen. And I thought, wow, I wonder what those look like. Those, I would love to know about that. And so when I became older and I was able to um, go to a show in Tucson, the big gem and mural show, I fell in love with all of the stones and began to work with them. And that was um, 26 years ago. And since then, I have um, 
learned, I've listened to the stones, and I ask them, okay, so what about you? How should you be wrapped? And basically, it just comes into my knowing when I ask that question, and I find myself creating these um, shapes and forms and putting stones together and... Um, and basically just um, allowing them to tell me how they want to be wrapped. Because everything on this planet has consciousness, even the stones. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I really believe that. I mean, it, I don't think it's any, um, uh, you know, it's not surprising. Quartz, j- just quartz is used in watches and in, and in so many things to enhance the energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a... Yes. And, um, and I believe that all of the stones, I, uh, some people would say... And I think, like with rose quartz, it's beautiful. It and people say, "Oh, well, it it makes you feel good because it's very beautiful and, and there's this aesthetic quality." And I think that may be true, but I think also the stone itself has um, has well, it has a vibration. Absolutely. And and the song of the universe. We also believe that the song of the universe is embedded in every single thing. Absolutely. And with the stones. Each stone has its own vibrational level, and that's what makes it what it is. And it is, as you would say, set in stone (laughs) so that it doesn't vary. It's a a continual hum that goes out from the stone. So when we human beings who are, um, basically, we change our vibration along with our emotions, along with everything that we're doing, our vibration goes up and down all day. So when the stone comes into our vibrational field, we can entrain to it. Mm. Therefore, we can begin to remember what that vibration is about. And that's why the stones are so useful, and that's their purpose here, is to um, actually hold that vibration. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chinese believe that jade is alive. Jade has healing powers. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many Chinese wear jade around their neck, yes. men and women. And we always believe that... Um, that's true of many, many stones, of, of all stones, actually. Uh, well, probably, actually, of every created thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> because everything is part of everything else. That's right. And um, so I wish there was a way that our listeners could see some of your work. Because well, actually, every, there is. Oh, did you get something up on the website? Well, um, actually, I am um, over at uh, Ginger's Garden. Oh, that's right. In Costa Mesa, uh, most days. And I have my jewelry there, and um, so they can see it there. And also, if they have their own particular stones that they'd love to wear, they can bring them, and I can wrap them for them. And as I mentioned before, I love your work because it, every single piece is unique. Mm-hmm. It's the stones are not pierced, so they're just they're just gently wrapped, but they're mm-hmm. held, but they're all held together. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, clusters of stones. You have single crystals. You have other little um, Swarovski crystals that you use to build. They're they're just amazing. It's like whenever I go to your display of jewelry, I just want to sit there and just drink it in. And I think it's also part of it is the energy of the crystals themselves. That's right. But it's also the energy of the artist that is working yes, with them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, one of the things, uh, one of my favorite. Um, uh, passages that uh, I don't think I even know where it is, but in Lothlorien, uh, where the um, 
the elves are given gifts to the uh, group, and it talks about the gifts that the elves make, and their love goes into the making of everything they do, whether it's tapestries or food or whatever. So they're, they're, the energy and the love of the elves is in everything that they right. that they create, and well, I and I and I could I could feel that. Through Katie's work, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hobbit nature is practical one, as you know, Elf Princess. So let's give some particulars. First of all, uh, you can actually go many days and meet Katie Turner at Ginger's Garden, mm-hmm. right? If absolutely. you want to contact her, she shared her email address with us. So if you wish to contact her, you can email her at rtkady one at yahoo.com and that's r like ring t like tom k like king a like arwen t like tom y like yellow and the numeral one at yahoo.com please make the subject line k-u-c-i so that she'll know that you heard us heard her on k-u-c-i so that's the information on our email. Do you have a address or phone number for Ginger's Garden? I do. And, Katie, I'm so excited because I first met you at Ginger's Garden. Um, did I meet you last? Was it just last Friday night? It couldn't be that soon ago. Uh, I think it was a week ago last Friday. A week Friday. ago, Friday. Okay, a week ago, Friday. At the uh, first Fridays that they have over there at Ginger's Garden, which is a lovely way to just meet some of the local practitioners and, you know, things that are going on. And we had a little lovely gong bath, and I got to, and that was where I saw your first saw your jewelry, and just was like am- amazed. It was just so beautiful, and you were fresh to the mainland pretty much then, pretty fresh to the mainland. And but it turns out now that you're actually going to be at Ginger's Garden a little more often and have your jewelry there, and people can actually come and meet you during the days. Correct? Yes, that's right. And in case anyone's wondering, Ginger's Garden is at 2488 Newport Boulevard in Costa Mesa. Um, that's just just a, by fair drive, and uh, if you're driving down Newport Boulevard, there's the Seacoast Village there with Visions and Dreams, and Ginger's Garden is the enchanting place in the back. As soon as you drive into the parking lot, it just kind of pulls you back there with the, the lights and the fountains and the beautiful trees. <laughs> and uh, what a lovely place for you to be hanging out during the days. I love it. <laughs> So you'll be there with your jewelry, and, um, well, I know um, we're going to be talking a little bit about dance later. Later. But but (laughs) I I wanted to reemphasize something, Mm -hmm. that that Katie, as an artist, is Mm -hmm. pouring herself, her mind, her spirit, her soul, her emotional energy, as any artist does, into her work. So it's not only the energy of the crystal or the qualities of the stone, but it is the artistic ennoblement that adds unto that to create the final wearable piece of art. And not only piece of art, but a work of power. That is, many stones have powers from everything as silly as the, well, as other people would say, as silly as a baseball catcher wearing a bracelet with a particular kind of stone, a magnetic stone, mm. on his wrist and saying, I have no idea how it works, but it's definitely helped me be a better player. Mm-hmm. All the way from that level to the the higher levels of like jade 
in the Chinese philosophy and even beyond that. But it's a combination, as you pointed out, Elf Princess, it's a combination of the stone or the crystal or the silver wire or the gold wire Mm -hmm. or the bronze wire and the stone or the crystal together with the artistic ennoblement, the Mm -hmm. artist pouring herself into the work, Mm -hmm. then the combination can be truly life-changing. And Katie, that's one of the things that in seeing your work, every piece is unique. And could you share just a little bit about, because you shared with me before about when you start to work with something, um, because as I said, you could have two pieces, two crystals, and the wrapping on them is completely different. Okay. What what do you want to know oh, about just, that? Just how... Um, do you just kind of sense how the piece wants to be made into a piece of art, or mm. do you have some pic- do you have some picture of something and you say, okay, I want to create this, mm. so I'm going to bring these elements together, or do you just take the stones and say, mm-hmm. okay, what? How do you want to be expressed as a work yes, of art? Yes, it's more like that. It's more like I, I'll just I have you know I just look at the stones and just they call out kind of I mean to me and it's like uh, so I'll pick them up and look at them and and just sort of touch them and see you know put one down pick another one up and sometimes uh, occasionally a couple of them will be on my workbench and they'll just kind of move somehow closer together and I don't mean that they actually I see a little dance but um, <laughs> but somehow they find their way into proximity mm-hmm. and I'll look at them and I'll go oh those two go together okay and I'll pick them up and look at them and hold them and just get a feeling i'll go oh gold okay so i pick up the some gold wire oh what gauge oh hmm this one's need a 22 okay so i'll pick up some 22 and okay about how long oh hmm about that long i don't know and then begin to just sort of work with it and play with it and watch it as it spirals around and as it as the wire makes itself into shapes and begins to form something and and then seeing how it can hold the stone and okay this is basically the formation now let's see what goes in there okay well this some 24 gauge okay it sort of goes and spirals around here and goes on the back and around and it just kind of makes itself mm. you know it's just kind of magical it is magical i was i was just kind of falling into an enchantment listening to you describe <laughs> the process it's wonderful it sounds wonderful <laughs> yes and so you've mentioned that well you have beautiful jewelry that you already have made mm-hmm. that you can also work with if people have a special stones mm-hmm. that they would like to have wrapped and made into a piece of wearable art that you can also work with existing stones that people have maybe that's an heirloom right. of their people or something that's right mm-hmm. yeah wow and that's and that's just one of Katie's many talents <laughs> yes. you have other talents absolutely in fact um, we're going to transition a little bit in that because I, before we get away from Ginger's Garden where you are uh, now, and, and you're there pretty much during the during regular day hours, right? Yes. If people uh-huh. want to stop by, they can see you. Yes. And you um, and can see you know what else is going on over there at Ginger's Garden, which there are always wonderful things going on. But you also are a dancer. Oh, it's one of my passions. Yes. And Ecstatic dance. Ecstatic dance. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we all should be dancing ecstatically. Absolutely. Well, the hobbits like dancing. 
Yes, and mm-hmm. do you did you did you find something in the in the Hobbit about well, referring to dance? Before we get to the loftier dance, which you're about to describe, but I love this part, the final chapter of the Hobbit, the last stage, and Bilbo is waking up in his white bed after his uh, tremendous travels. The moon was shining through an open window. And the elves are very active during moon time. Uh, below his window, many elves were singing loud and clear on the banks of the stream. And the song they were singing is is fairly long, but it has this stanza. Dance all ye joyful, now dance all together, soft as the grass. And let foot be like feather, the river is silver, the shadows are fleeting. Merry is Maytime, and merry are meeting. Dance all ye joyful. So there's at least one reason to dance, joy. But there are other reasons to dance as well. Absolutely. In fact, I believe that I believe that we were made for the dance. I mean, I think that dancing is such an that if if we didn't get domesticated as chill as children, we would just be dancing our whole lives. We would, you know, uh, if you see kids, if you put music on, most kids they just start moving around. They you know, automatically you know, dance. They just dance, you know. And if they don't have music, they'll start making up their own and start dancing around. And um, but then we kind of um, domesticate that out of ourselves because you know, sit still, and you know, I don't know about you, but yes, my parents yes. very often you know, sit still, quit jumping around yes, all the place, quit yes. bouncing around all the time. Yes, yes, and. Um, and so that I learned to stop bouncing around. It's like, well, wait a minute. Now that I'm um, an adult, I'm giving myself permission to bounce around again. <laughs> but there's a wonderful part in the Silmarillion yes. about dancing. And you should read a portion of that because it's so beautiful. And this is in the tale of Bryn and Luthien. And I love this because it also talks about, in a sense, the therapeutic powers of dance and song, not only for the planet, but also for us and for our own hearts. And this is where Luthien is dancing in the forest of Neldoreth, where Bryn, the mortal that... Uh, and, of course, Bryn and Luthien is the first joining of elf and mortal. But Bryn spies her in the forest, and it says here, It is told in the Lay of Luthien that Bryn came stumbling into Doriath, gray and bowed, as with many years of woe. So great had been the torment of the road. But wandering in the summer in the woods of Neldreth, he came upon Luthien, daughter of Thingol and Melian, at a time of evening under moonrise as she danced upon the fading grass in the glades beside Esgalduin. Then all memory of his pain departed from him, and he fell into an enchantment, for Luthien was the most beautiful of all the children of Iluvatar. Blue was her raiment as the unclouded heaven, but her eyes were gray as the starlit evening. Her mantle was sewn with golden flowers, but her hair was as dark as the shadows of twilight. As the light upon the leaves of trees, as the voice of clear waters, as the stars above the mists of the world, such was her glory and her loveliness, and in her face was a shining light. But she vanished from his sight, and he became dumb, as one that is bound under a spell, and he strayed long in the woods, wild and wary as a beast, seeking for her. In his heart he called her Tenuviel, that signifies Nightingale, daughter of twilight, in the gray elven tongue, for he knew no other name for her. And he saw her afar as leaves in the winds of autumn, and in winter as a star upon a hill, but a chain was upon his limbs. 
there came a time of there came a time near dawn on the eve of spring, and Lucien danced upon a green hill, and suddenly she began to sing. Keen, heart-piercing was her song, as the song of the lark that rises from the gates of night and pours its voice among the dying stars, seeing the sun behind the walls of the world. And the song of Luthien released the bonds of winter, and the frozen water spoke, and flowers sprang from the cold earth where her feet had passed. So there she is dancing. Dance is very brings, powerful, and it breaks the bonds of winter. And Katie teach uh, leads a class. Uh, I was at a class last night in Laguna. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But you're also while we're talking about Ginger's Garden, you're also doing a class on ecstatic dance at Ginger's Garden. And I believe there's one coming up this Friday evening, is there? There is one coming up this Friday evening. And um, just a point of reference, instead of calling it a class, I call it an event. Okay. Because basically we all teach ourselves, and basically the music plays us. Mm. So what happens in the dance is that it, it starts out slow, and we, as we listen... We begin to attune to it and begin to move in a any way that our body says. You know, we'll, we'll sway to it or we'll tap a foot or we'll clap our hands or we'll shake our head. And as the music continues and it rises and the beat begins with the drums and the, all of the different musical instruments, then we begin to listen to our body and our breath and begin to move with it. Mm -hmm. And as we begin to move with it, it takes us. It takes us and brings us to a state of ecstasy. And we begin to move our bodies in ways that we had no idea that we could move them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's simply amazing. It's a magical, wonderful way of moving. It's a way to bring life back into who we are. It's a way to begin to focus on what we are here for. It's a way to commune with each other so that we um, there's no conversation during the dance. Mm -hmm. So basically the way that we communicate with each other is in our movement. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very amazing, wonderful, magical experience, and I recommend that everyone try it at least once. Absolutely. And the wonderful thing is, I'm, and I'm glad you clarified that, because I, I kind of wasn't sure what to mm -hmm. call it, because it's not a class in the sense that you would come and someone's going to instruct you how to do things, like like perhaps in a yoga class, mm -hmm. which I think yoga is just another form of dancing, mm -hmm. and you can dance in yoga, but you're still going to a structured class and the teacher's leading you through you know, uh, movements and non-movements that you do. Whereas in the ecstatic dance, you can come and maybe you're just coming from work or maybe you've had a really busy day and you've been with people all day and you need to be quiet or maybe you've been at home working on the computer all day or something and you need to be with people. The wonderful thing is that it's such a beautifully safe place that you... You can dance or you cannot dance. That's you can right. you can just stand you can just stand there. You can lay mm -hmm. down on the floor and just let the, the music wash over you. Mm -hmm. You can move around and dance around the room and there's no judgment because there's no this is how we're going to dance. Mm -hmm. it's, it's as you said, the music dances you and you just participate. Mm -hmm. Which means also that you can be standing perfectly still mm -hmm. and simply listening and taking it all in 
or watching other people because because there are no rules except to be safe and to to be in your own space. Mm-hmm. That's and, it. And you describe yourself then as a facilitator yes. of ecstatic dance. That's right. So your role as facilitator, uh, what do you do exactly? Well, basically, first I make the mix of music so that it um, rises and falls. I um, I begin with a circle, and we all are in the circle, and um, everyone um, generally we speak our first name and an intention for our dance that evening, something that we would like, and then we dance, and at the end, generally we do some toning. And the toning is kind of the releasing of sound, of of what needs to be said now, after the release of the dancing, and that goes on as long as it needs to go on. Sometimes it is amazingly beautiful harmonies. Sometimes it's laughter. Sometimes it is sounds of animals. It all depends on what needs to be released. When that is complete, then we share. We can share our experience of the dance and we can choose to do it or not and Mm -hmm. um, it's simply a safe space in which you can verbalize and then we um, then we do a little ending and um, hugs all around and we'll see you next week yeah (laughs) and and it's very it's a very safe gentle place so there's not like if you don't share after you dance you can you cannot share. Oh, Probably absolutely. half of the people, you know, because at first I thought, well, I don't have anything to share. But then afterwards, I thought, you know, I this was such a wonderful, safe, gentle experience. I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, say thank you for to because the people created that space. Mm-hmm. You know, the space was created by everyone that was there. That's right. And everyone contributed their part to the dance. Mm-hmm. And and it was just, it was just amazing. It was just a beautiful thing. And uh, it was like an hour and a half, and it seemed like it was like maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the sign of something good. When yes. it, when it When it's scheduled for 90 minutes, and it seems like 15 minutes. And time goes away. I've got to practical questions, as a hobbit would. Uh, for the ecstatic dance, uh, what are the physical requirements of the participants? I don't think there are any. So if someone came in a wheelchair they would not feel out of place. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, let me think about this. I have to think if Ginger's has an accessible upstairs. I don't know about that for for a wheelchair. I I know that um, the Women's Club does in uh, Laguna Beach, which is the other place where we hold the ecstatic dance. And you're a facilitator there as well in Laguna Beach? Yes, I am. That's the second and fourth Monday of the month. Uh, However, um, Billy made an announcement last night, and um, the the it's actually you're actually going to have another dance this coming Monday night. Oh, that's true. This month it's different. Yes, this this we this month next uh, Monday night, the um, there will be on the nineteenth mm-hmm. there will be another dance starting at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a new format, but the dance will start at 7.30 and go till 9 or 9.30 or, mm-hmm, or 9 as they 30. say, whenever it goes. Right. And then the following week um, is the full moon drum circle that they have at Aliso Creek Beach. Yes. Which is beautiful. Um, hundreds of people show up and with drums and they have a bonfire and we dance and drum and so, uh, which would normally be the fourth. Um, and if people want information about that, 
Um, I believe that they can email Billy. Uh, this is right on the transition consciousness because transition consciousness is a subgroup of transition Laguna, which unfortunately we are not going to even have time to really get into. Um, but if people are interested in uh, finding out about the drum circle and about the um, ecstatic dance, they can uh, visit uh, the website, which is transitionlaguna.org, I believe. But Billy's email is billy at L-A-V, as in victory, I-D, as in dog, <laughs> a laguna.com. So la vida laguna dot com. Billy, B-I-L-L-Y. And also, could, could they call you if they had some questions about the dance? Sure, that'd be fine. Or- and again, her email is rtkd1 at yahoo.com. That's R like ring, T like Tom, K like King, A like Arwen, T like Tom, Y like yellow, and the numeral one at yahoo.com. Please make the subject line KUCI so that Katie will know where you're coming from. Yes. And that's at the Women's Club of Laguna Beach, which is absolutely a beautiful, beautiful venue. That's a large hardwood dance floor, wonderful speakers. Just the whole energy of the place was very organic and lovely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's a beautiful, beautiful venue. And and I loved your mix of music. So it starts out kind of slow, but it, it all has a beat. And, it, you know, even, even music that doesn't have drums, you know, tends mm-hmm. to have a beat. So, you know, and my understanding is that ecstatic dance can have any type of music that, that people mm-hmm. can move to. Um but I loved that your music, you know, it was kind of dancey. You had you had a lot of different uh, Celtic and some kind of uh, rock, like kind of not rock and roll, but just like easy, you know, indie mm-hmm. indie mm-hmm. kind of music and, and Bollywood and, and Bollywood and some African drums. drumming things. And so getting in touch with all aspects of your inner child and creatures. Latino. <laughs> Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. There was a little bit of uh, the salsa. When you get the salsa thing going, <laughs> yeah. But but you don't have to know any of those dances. You no. can just you just listen to the music and figure out how that music wants to move you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you just join right in. You realize that dance is a supremely human thing, as every human society has formed a dance tradition of its own, mm. from the Latin salsa to the Aboriginal dance of the Australian natives through Irish jigs mm-hmm. and hobbit dances. <laughs> yes, and elves dancing under moonlight in the forest. <laughs> you can dance during the day. You, you can, can dance under moonlight. Yes. You can dance outdoors. You can dance indoors on beautiful wood floors. You can dance in the aisles at Trader Joe's Market. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't life be happier if we were all dancing in more places instead of seeing people jogging down the road? What if people were dancing down the road? Mm. <laughs> but again, to repeat the specifics, the Laguna Beach Women's Center, mm-hmm. or Women's Center, Center, Monday, July 19th, 2010, at 7.30 p.m., our guest, Katie Turner, will be the facilitator yes. and DJ, if I may call you that, mm-hmm. for Ecstatic Dance. And that's at 286 St. Anne Street in uh, South Laguna Beach. <clears throat> and um, and also, just to remind our guests that Katie's beautiful jewelry and her beautiful presence and energy will be at Ginger's Garden uh, now, quite often, uh, you're going to be kind of there during the day, kind yes. of helping out. And yes, I'm not quite mm. sure of the hours yet, but it yeah. will be very often. And um, 
That's over at 2488 Newport Boulevard in Costa Mesa. And also, you're, this coming Friday, uh, at all, every Friday night you'll be doing the ecstatic dance in the yes. beautiful upstairs, uh, the yoga room up there that's kind of like in a treetop venue. Mm-hmm. And on first the upstairs Friday... upstairs of Ginger's of Garden. Ginger's Garden, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, the phone number there is 949-646-4748, 949-646-4748, and that's... Um, Friday night starting at 7.30? That's correct. Yes. Except for the first Friday of the month when it's uh, at 9 o'clock. Yes. So, oh my gosh, where is our time gone? It's well, we've had such an excellent <laughs> guest. <laughs> oh, and we didn't even get to talk about the dragonflies. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. I, look at these beautiful little dragonfly earrings that she gave me. They're, They're so just delicate. They're just stunning. They're delicate yes. and extremely beautiful. I'm going to have to hide them when I get home because the fairies will try to take right, them right. and hang them in their houses like little chandeliers. Well, Katie, we're going to have to have you back to talk about your fabulous dragonfly story and oh. and Tani's dragonfly tale. You've you've got to come and back the in the fall. We want to talk about children and education. Of, you know, so important. Workshops. Maybe by the fall we we will actually have something going for some of these art workshops for the children. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's but now we have to make way for another excellent program. Yes. on KUCI Blueberry MacGuffins. And it's just wonderful. It's about literature, and they're reading fabulous things. I know, and they have people come in and share their work. And I love that we have a show about literature and that people are reading. Reading is such an amazing thing. And they're reading great, great pieces. Yes. I, there was a piece last week that I was like, oh, my God. Oh, it was, uh, was it Kurt Vonnegut or something? I was like, who? No, no, who, no. Who was at the road down Slaughterhouse Five? Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, okay. And they read this passage from it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is so amazing!" And it's kind of like you know, hidden in the book there. And I was like, "I would have never imagined." And I was like, "Okay, where's this book? I gotta find this book." So wonderful things to discover on oh the Blueberry gosh. MacGuffins coming up coming in just right. about A three minutes. minutes. <laughs> Tani, where has the time gone, you elf princess? Well, it's been wonderful today. It's gone where it always goes when we enter into the timeless place of Middle Earth and joy and good fellowship and uh, soon good food. We've got some chocolate to indulge in after we. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> one of the um, one of the major food groups of the planet. So, but we will have to say goodbye to our guests until two weeks. We will be. I will be back next week with phenomenal woman with a phenomenal woman to talk to you all about. But we will be back... uh, In two weeks. In two weeks with another... What What would would Arwen Arwen do? do? (laughs) What is... I'm always asking. My gosh, now, what would Arwen do with this? So what would Arwen do? So what Arwen would do is say, Michael Vannon, be well, discover what your creative gift is, and get out there and manifest it in the world because we need your beauty and your love. We need it. We need it all around. And Katie, thank you so much for being who you are in the world and for sharing your beautiful gifts with all of us. And the world is enriched. My life is enriched just this short time that I've known you. So mm, it's my pleasure. Just thankful to the universe that such people exist and share their beautiful handiwork and their spirit and their their mind and their spirit in ecstatic dance. And Alin Salalumin Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting, and. My friend Milo, 
Until next week. Tani, until next week. We'll leave with a little bit of Hobbit music. Um, actually, let's let's play Into the West. Into the West. my friend has come back from she the West. She has come from the West, but we're going to go Into the West, yes. Tani. <laughs> and this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. And if you, too, would like to be a DJ for KUCI, we do have a DJ training coming up a week from Wednesday night. The information is on our website, open to community members and students and staff. KUCI.org. All details are there. Orange County Alternative Radio Station and the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth, KUCI.